Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels, not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's our Valentine's Day spectacular episode. That's we know that it. this Valentine's Day may look different for you, but uh, let us uh, just charm your ears with some impeccable date stories on this episode yes absolutely and shall i kick it off with one of my personal favorites yes and just to clarify by impeccable i meant miserable so miserable date stories because if you're single on valentine's day like me you know, it never really bothers me being single on valentine's day because i think i have so many good girlfriends and so many great people in my life and friends but just know you're not alone in your bad dates and we're all here and we've all experienced them too. I always have liked Valentine's Day. I think because like for some of us who have divorced families, stuff like Christmas and Thanksgiving can be difficult because there's such an emphasis on family. And I feel like Valentine's Day does a really great job, even though I know it's commercialized and Hallmark, whatever, but just like whoever you have in your life that you love, like you get to appreciate. So like whether you're single or not single, I think it is just like nice to take a moment to love and be loved. Yes. But on to my really miserable date story. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. I was seeing this guy in Arlington. We had been on a few dates. Um, They were nice dates, like sushi dates. So like good dates. And then we were just chilling at his house one night and it's a little toasty in there. The heat was up. And I said, it's like kind of hot in here. And he's like, yeah, it is kind of hot. And I was like, or is it just me? Haha, it's my dad joke. And he said, yeah, you are really hot. You're a six. And I was like, oh, excuse me? Like, he was like, yeah, you're like a six. Like, that's good. And I was like, as in my hotness ranking, I'm a six. He's like, yeah, that's good. Like no one can be above a six unless you're like Julia Roberts or something like that. And I didn't know what to say. It got so awkward. He told me I could leave, 
But then rather than leave Lauren, I proceeded to hook up with him because I just felt like it was awkward and I didn't want to be making a big deal about it. This was years ago, by the way. I would have never done something like this today. But yeah, I think it's a good tie into our episode today because a lot of people kind of talk about coming into themselves and defend, like sticking up for themselves and kind of the stigma of like being quote unquote crazy for sticking up for yourself yes. if you're a woman. And I wish I would have had that good advice back then because I would have just scooted right out that door. But that's mine. And then my friends say on my tombstone now, what like will be written, I'm not a fucking six. (laughs) (laughs) So that's mine. Um, And you said you had a bad breakup to share. Well, yes. So, I mean... If I'm honest, like I really haven't gone on that many dates in my life because like when I started dating Brian, I was in college and um, before that I used to be like really afraid of dates, which is really funny. Like I just hated the whole like who's going to pay, where are we going to go? Like all of the buildup like just really freaked me out, which looking back was really stupid. But um, one of my very first boyfriends, um, we had a... uh, let's call it like a six month relationship. And, um, it's July, which is right around my birthday. He, um, proceeds to come with me to an all time low concert on my birthday. Um, cause at the time I was really into all time low. I also fainted at this concert. Uh, cause I, I have a really terrible fainting problem. That's another episode. Anyway, um, kind of romantic. I faint. He carries me out of there. Um, great. The next day he breaks up with me. I'm miserable. I'm like trying to get back together with him. A couple weeks later, I find out through one of his friends, because I'm like trying to talk to anybody and everybody to figure this out because I'm like all caught off guard. He had cheated on me twice. Um, Some of my friends had known about it. Uh, Talking about like how um, people didn't speak up for themselves, I still for sure would have gotten back together with him even after finding out that he had cheated on me twice because that was just like the level of security I had and the mental place that I was in. Um, We segue. Later, these kids like had gotten into um, like rap battles with each other. And in the rap that they make like dissing my ex-boyfriend, one of the lines is, blank then you cheated on lauren with two other c word yeah yeah so um that was a that was a really great breakup story i definitely learned um to stop taking shit from shitty men and um start speaking up for yourself but I think it took me a lot of experiences like that to be able to um date somebody like Brian yeah yeah I feel like there's so many good themes coming out of both our stories and the stories today um you know aside from like just sticking up for yourself as a woman and like normalizing that and not feeling like you're crazy for wanting like to be treated like a human is a great theme second theme don't date improv guys you'll learn why after these stories and something else I wanted to mention and you know we just wrapped up with Leah Trish she talked about it a little bit how she dates women as well um Nas she's also seeing a woman right now and she wanted me to mention that because 
I think for a while, you know, she said she was just like exploring her sexuality. I feel like she's really liking the experience with the current girl that she's seeing. And I think that's great. And I think if that's something that's ever been on your mind and you want to explore doing, like, don't ever let like society or anyone tell you that's wrong because that's amazing and you should always be your true and authentic self. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think on being your authentic self, sometimes like when you are going to call out bad behavior or you're not going to reveal something about yourself that's important to you, it is because a lot of fear of how society is going to accept you and just like wanting to be the norm. And like, honestly, when I look back on that experience that I shared and like other experiences, I really think that I would have been doing a favor to them and to the women that came after me um, by just calling them out on that behavior. Because like, I can't tell you how so many of them like continue to repeat the same thing that they were doing. And I think that like, there's such a fear on being mean to people or being perceived as crazy or being perceived as a bitch. But like when you can be honest with other people, you're doing a favor to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So now that we have uh, shared our own personal details, let's go talk to some incredible women and hear their miserable dating stories. First up, we have Brittany. All right. Fresh off of her Goldbergs premiere, we have our friend Brittany on the podcast. Brittany, welcome. You want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, thanks. Well, uh, I'm Brittany. I'm in Los Angeles from Sacramento. And uh, I know Chloe from meeting you in line at a UCB show, RIP. Um, (laughs) And then I know Lauren from acting class. Well, we're super excited to have you, Brittany. And I was remembering that you had told me about a bad date story that I think a lot of people can relate to. So please lay it on us. Okay. Well, it was trash. It was 2014 and um, it was in Sacramento. So I went to this comedy show. I guess I just am always comedy. Um, or no, it was actually an improv class. And this guy, he was super hot. He looked just like Blake Griffin. And I was like, this is exciting. And so, um, I don't know, we got to talking. He took me out on a date. So this was actually our second date, the bad one. He took me out for coffee. Then, so we went out for coffee another day. I showed up, he showed up and we're sitting there for like maybe seven to nine minutes. And he like, his phone rings and he was like, oh, like, do you mind if I take this? And I was like, yeah, totally. Of course, like no problem. So I just like hop on Facebook or whatever. And I like hear him on the phone and he was just like, what dude, like, it's been so long. Like, what have you been up to? And he like leans back and is just like talking to this guy. And he's like, no, yeah, I've been up to this, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, then, um, and I was like trying not to like, you know, I was, this was at the time where I wasn't like a strong independent woman. So I was like, oh, I don't want to like say anything wrong. And so, or be confrontational. And so about five minutes passed by and then another five minutes passed by and he's still on the phone with this dude catching up, just like talking about work. And I was like so uncomfortable. So I like got up and went to the bathroom. I called my friend who was in the class with me. So she like knew that I was on the date with this guy. Um, and she was like, what the heck? Like he's been on the phone for 10 minutes. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know what to do. So she was like, well, I'm just going to tell you about my day then. And so I'm in the bathroom, like talking to my friend, (laughs) trying to pass the time while he's on the phone. And then I like peek my head out. He's still on the phone, just like, like having this casual conversation. I look at my phone. It's been seven minutes. So we're almost at 20 minutes total of this man being on the phone. And so I was like, I don't know what to do, dude. Like, so I came out. 
Um, I hung up, I hung up with her and I just like sat in front of him and was like, (laughs) and like, and he was like looking at the door. So I'm just trying to be like, wow, like I'm still here. Um, and I kid you not another like five ish minutes go by. And I was like, my friend texted me. She was like, is he still on the phone? I was like, yes. Um, she's like, just leave dude. Um, so I was scared, but I I don't know. I was just like, didn't want to be confrontational, but I was like, this is ridiculous. So I just like grabbed my stuff and like tapped him on the shoulder and was like, okay, bye. And I just like scurried out of the coffee shop. And, um, and I like ran to my car cause I didn't want to like talk to him or anything. Um, and so I like start my car and he like knocks on the window uh. and was like, <laughs> he caught you no like why is he looking confused like of course you're gonna leave <laughs> he looked so confused and then the cherry on top he like I rolled down the window a little bit I was like yes and he was like was I being rude <laughs> sir <laughs> and I was just like yeah a little <laughs> and, like, and um, he was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry like please like let's just go let's just go into the coffee shop I'll make it up to you um I'm so sorry and I was like okay and then I did um and we like went back in and got coffee and then we went to another comedy show and then he like tried to put my hand on his dick and I just like never called him again it was weird <laughs> wait in the comedy show or after <laughs> after okay. like walked me to my car and like kissed me and I was like okay cool and then he just like awkwardly moved my hand to his dick and I was like mm, I'm gonna go oh my god this guy seems like he's off socially like he just has a lot of like social issues and he was so hot that it was so confusing that he could be that I don't know I like to say God doesn't give with both hands so no I feel like you brought up a good point though in that like you were younger and didn't really have like the tools to stand up for yourself because I feel like I've been in so many situations too that you just like put up with and like keep going because you don't want to be like the crazy girl or rude yeah yeah exactly and it's like it's appalling to think now like if that happened to me today even if that hadn't already happened to me I'd be like sir hello but like I I don't know 20 20 year old me was not about that yeah do you feel like there were like experiences in your life that kind of taught you to like just stand up for yourself more and like just like kind of like cross out that rudeness before it even starts so you know what's funny is I so I was 20 when this happened and I moved to Portland when I was 21 and it's like very apparent to me that when I was in Portland I started listening to Nicki Minaj just nonstop. and I kid you not like Nicki gave me confidence in life and I was like what I can do this like I can say these things and so I like came back from Portland and my friends were like why are you so like rude now (laughs) and I was like it was Nikki. I don't know. I know. I feel like some of her lyrics though, like it does just kind of channel your inner bad bitch. And I think just like growing up and like, even like meeting you, like, I feel like you were like, really like kind of, when we were talking about like our dating experiences and things like that. You were like, yeah, I don't put up with shit like that anymore. And it's, I don't know. It's just really nice to have like strong females that encourage you to be your most authentic self. Yeah. Who has the time, you know, like, yeah. I think just throughout the last few years it's been so many like so much ghosting and so many fuck boys that it's just like I see what this is now and I just don't have the time yeah Yeah. well I do think that like there is something about ghosting that like 
either people are just irresponsible to other people's feelings and don't have empathy for other people, or they're like so afraid to hurt somebody's feelings that they don't have the balls to just say like, Hey, um, I'm not interested. Like, I think you're great. Blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. And I think that like, there is something about just like we're talking about and being a bad bitch and like being able to speak up for yourself and hold yourself accountable. Like also with the people that you're not interested in, like being able to have the empathy for them and saying like, Hey, um, I don't think that this is going to work out. I don't see a future for us like let's move on because I do think that like having that clarity for people makes such the difference and like I have been on both sides of the spectrum for sure and like I think when you do it to somebody you give yourself like oh like I never led them on like it wasn't that serious like you make all these excuses when you do it to somebody else and like it's never okay and it's so much better to just be upfront. Yeah, 100%. And I think that like, just like you said, like people who ghost, which I have done, and it's been done to me for sure. Um, yeah. But I just think that like, you don't have the like, it's it's either what you said, or you just don't feel like you have the like, the the confidence to like face somebody. Yeah. You know, so, and it's like, I don't want that kind of person anyway. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, Brittany, thank you for coming on and telling your story. Tell people where they can find you. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Giddy Brit and on the Goldbergs. Oh, and I'm on the Goldbergs as of last night. Yes, which yeah. is awesome. Cool. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, my name is Nazanin. I am one of Chloe's besties. I'm giving myself that title. Um, I'm from Texas originally. I moved to California in 2015. Um, and I still feel like I don't know what's going on here, but I feel like that's mm -hmm. the general part of living here. Um, I live in Long Beach right now and I love it. And a little bit about my dating history unwell, um, I would say. In a word. Yeah, in one, <laughs> one word. I tend to go for tall men who are emotionally unavailable, which like she's not different. Like I know that's pretty much the blueprint um mm -hmm. but that's that's me and I would say that right now I'm extremely single dating in COVID <laughs> is somehow easier because you don't really have to date as much so I just feel like I my stress levels have gone down um just being extremely in my home so you know just perfecting the dating app intros and hoping to um I don't know come out of this <laughs> with a better with better taste <laughs> Nazi and I met in kind of an interesting way we were in line for Mary Beth Barone's Cruel Intention show who we've had on the podcast shout out to her because we love her love and it was her and her friend Preston and I was there with my friend Lauren and I was just kind of like oh hey guys and they were just I had this like confidence they were standing there I'm like oh, hey, did you guys want to get in line with us? And they were like, we're not sure yet. They were trying to catch the second Cruel Intention show. They had already been to one Mary Beth Road. And so then they joined us in line. They, this was right before COVID. It was great. And then that was just the universe bringing her into my life. And I couldn't be more grateful. Aww. But no, something I love about Nazi is anytime I have a bad date story, she has one that doesn't exactly replicate it, but comes very close. For instance, hmm. just had a really awful date with this guy who definitely had a drinking problem. 
and Nazi experienced the same thing before. But Nazi has an amazing story to share with us today. So I'm just going to let you take the floor. Paint the picture, paint the day, paint the time, paint the place. Just please. Oh, all right. Gather, gather around. So I used to live in East Hollywood. And if for anyone who lives in Hollywood, they know that is not glamorous. It's on the, I lived on the other side of the Home Depot. So you know what's going on. You know the vibes. And... I, I was out with a girlfriend. I had been talking to this guy. We'll call him Jake because I feel like that's a good nondescript, like struggling actor white guy name. Love it. Um, yeah. So Jake and I had met on Tinder, which was my first mistake. He did improv, which was my second mistake. And he <laughs> was a struggling actor, which you can guess was my third. So, um... I think we had, we were at adult only, which yes, just miss it, miss it so much. Lauren's like, I know what's up. (laughs) No. And I was there with a girlfriend. It was, I wouldn't say it was a formal date because I feel like with improv guys, they just don't ask you out. They're just like, so this is where I'm going to be at this time. And if you want to come, then come. And that's (laughs) That's the best that you're going to get from him. So I was like, I'm an adult only. If you're out, like we can meet up. And he was like, okay, sounds good. We meet up. He's really cute. The vibes are good. But I was also like a little drunk already. So I probably would have been vibing with like, I don't know, like Michael Sarah or something <laughs> at that point. And he just, it, it turned a corner and he was he was like the kind of guy who would mansplain the plot of inception to you but in oh like completely incorrect and just missed the whole point so he goes i'm gonna go to the bathroom and i'm gonna give you guys a lay of to the bathrooms because this is important so just stay with me so in adults only they have two bathrooms and they're both a single person bathroom with a kind of smoky glass door so you can see like a fig you can see people moving around in the bathroom but you can't you know exactly see what they're doing so about two minutes later I'm like oh I kind of have to go too so I go wait outside and whoever's in there they're kind of taking a while I don't think anything of it I'm sitting there with my dirty martini she's that kind of girl and I notice two figures in the bathroom and I'm like oh right on and I see what appears to be a fellow lifting a woman onto the sink and what ensues is what they don't teach you about in Texas sex ed but I could guess so I'm literally just like okay I'll wait like for them to be done so the door opens and out he walks with a girl that I had never seen before. And you would assume that someone who just got literally caught red-handed hooking up with someone else on a date would act a little bit shocked or remorseful or whatever. Full sociopath. He goes, hey. And I was like, hey. And she scurries like fast, like she was out of there. And he and I was like, 
what, what, what's going on? And he was like, yeah, like, just don't worry about it. And I was like, oh no, like, I'm worried. I mean, you guys were fully hooking up. He's like, no, we weren't. And I was like, yeah, you like hoisted her onto the sink. And he looks me into my soul and says, oh no, she just wanted to see if I could pick her up. (laughs) And that is when I just surrendered to the fact that dating in Hollywood is just going to cause me to have to go to therapy at some point. And it was just so unwell. And he kept saying, he was like, well, I don't have sex without condoms and I don't have any condoms. So you do the math. And I was like, that literally doesn't make any sense. That is not a logical response. It's not going to work for me. So You know what I will say, though, about this guy? He must be a phenomenal improv actor because this guy thinks on his feet. Like, he's got an excuse for everything. Oh, yeah, of course. I will give him that. Like, he's (laughs) extremely believable, actually, to, I mean, a certain point. If I hadn't witnessed it with my own eyes, he could have talked me out of it. So that's the scary I mean, this is advanced at Groundlings kind of guy. That's what I'm saying. Period. Yeah. um, He's probably thriving now. I mean, he is probably on like some kind of like Skinamax, like late night film or, you know, being like a stand in body double for I I wouldn't say Jake Gyllenhaal. I won't give him that much credit, but I hope he's thriving today and whatever artistic endeavors. I want to dissect a couple things here. First of all, let's just like, what is, who is this mystery girl? Do we think that he just found her in adults only? So that's my guess because I, I don't think he was firing on all cylinders. Well, I mean, he obviously was enough to make good excuses, but I don't, I didn't see him like texting anyone or, you know, doing some type of rendezvous. I don't know if he had that in him. Um, but I, if not, I'm extremely impressed at just the efficiency. Like it took him like three minutes and he just like grabbed someone and was like, let's go to the bathroom. I hope she's doing well, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against, you know, women supporting women, nothing against her. That was all on him, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She saved me from, you know, any potential you know, further wasted time with him. So for that, I thank her for her service. So that is very. She was probably just as uh, scarred by the situation as you were. She read. She read the room quick and got out of there. <laughs> I also just like these. Ex- it's the gaslighting for me. Like he's like jokes on you. I don't have any condoms. So like clearly, I just I yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty varsity. And so after that, I was like, okay, it literally, quite frankly, cannot get worse than this. Mm. So that also was a little bit of, it was soothing for me to know that any date I went on after that couldn't be as bad as this. So I chose to see the see the light in the situation because otherwise I would have just packed it up and moved to like Idaho or something (laughs) well that's what I was gonna ask you like how has that experience how has that experience and your other experiences kind of like affected how you're dating now and like just how you see dating in LA in general 
I mean, honestly, yeah, for a while it was really just kind of sad because you just realize there's a lot of hurt people out there who are just kind of flailing and they have no problem bringing you into that and, you know, making you feel like maybe you did something wrong or that you weren't enough for them. But, you know, the reality is it's just you sometimes walk into a bad situation that has like nothing at all to do with you. So, you know, I I had dates and after that, obviously Chloe knows about where I felt really bad leaving the date. And I was just like, is this me? Like, is this something that I'm giving out and that they're reading? But I realized it's just, I, I feel like I just need to be better about recognizing red flags when I see them before it gets to that level because there were many even with that guy like he would fall off the face of the earth and then pop back up and gave me the whole oh I just got out of a relationship so the signs were there I just pretended not to see it so now I have a little toolbox and I know what to look for and it's resulted in a lot less I guess, wasted time and (laughs) self-loathing. Yeah. Did he ever contact you again after the night in question? Yeah. So he actually, when I was leaving, he like followed me out. I was leaving with my friend and I, I got extremely wasted after that because I was just like, I want to forget. And so my friend was like getting me to leave and we were going to go to Burger King as one does. And he followed us out and he was like, where are you going? Like, why are you being crazy? Like, you're being so weird right now. And my friend like literally screamed at him and was like, back up, like, leave us alone. You're a weirdo. And then he proceeded to like blow my phone up, just repeating the same things. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, you're overreacting, like all of this stuff. So yeah, he did reach out again, but he just continued to double down on what he was saying. So yeah, no, no remorse, just, just vibes. <laughs> That's so gross and icky. And I mean, thank God you're like a strong person because yeah, I just don't understand how like the audacity, I guess I just don't get the audacity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, also just a larger you know not to get like all like macro but it's just like a larger societal issue like men are not held accountable period and so they feel super confident doing this and thinking that it's going to be okay and that they're just gonna be able to continue the behavior and no one's going to call them out on it because that's what they teach us don't call them out or you're going to get ridiculed and it's going to get turned around on you and you're going to be made to look like the crazy one so yeah I think it's just overcoming that fear of like how am I gonna look to this person and just separating yourself from the outcome like being like whatever happens here I know that I did what was best for me and I don't owe this person anything especially that early in the talking stage too like I've heard so many women who are like oh was I too harsh with him? Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you don't know this person. You don't really owe them anything, actually. So the fact that you're taking the time to like lay out 
what is not okay about their behavior is actually like you're doing them kind of a service and they probably have never heard it before or if they have they just don't care and clearly the guy is not sitting there like oh like maybe I shouldn't have just like lied to her blatantly after hooking up with somebody in front of her so no I think the whole like him being like double downing on him not doing it was just like that was for him that wasn't for anyone else but for him and to make himself feel better and that's so gross yeah exactly it was really he just I feel like someone like that is just kind of narcissistic and they have no concern for anyone but themselves. Like, and all three of us just sitting here, could you ever picture yourself on a date or meeting up with someone and having even the inkling to do something even close to this? No. No. Because it's like common human decency and some people just don't have that. So... I feel like therapy is in order for <laughs> so many men. That's our next executive order. We did it, Joe. <laughs> Mandated therapy. Oh, well, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Nazi is about to be the best lawyer this side of Long Beach. Um, and tell people where they can find you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. My at is Nazanin underscore E, and I will spell that for you, N-A-Z-E-N-I-N underscore E. So I was, thank you guys for having me on. It was so much fun. No, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. All right. We're so excited to welcome my friend, Leatra. So good to see you. Good to see you again. And you want to do the little awkward intro where you say your name, fun fact, all that, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. Um, my name's Leah Tate. Uh, fun fact. Uh, ooh, skip that one. I'll come back. Um, so I guess a little bit about me. Um, Chloe and I met uh, uh, in grad school studying psychology. Um interestingly enough we both sort of went to like veered uh, away from psychology after that program um but I started doing like more community engagement stuff um and so I finished my dissertation in December 2019 um did some really cool research on uh, black women's experience with sexual assault in the context of higher education um so you know navigating like relationships and like social psychology um has been um, uh, you know, a big part of that research. Um, and then I've just been doing lots of uh, community-oriented stuff um, since then. So that's been really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And you were saying you just started like a dissertation, like consulting business, was that it? Yeah, so I had a couple of friends reach out to me um, last fall. Uh, they were just really struggling to like get to the finish line with their research. And so um, they just said, hey, can you like help hold me accountable and, um, you know, support with like APA formatting and stuff like that. And so it was literally like getting on uh, Zoom calls while they were writing, like asking them questions about their research. And I was able to turn it into a business. So um, I started to uh, dissertation coaching and editing business. Um, so I've been working with grad students all across the country um, to help them finish their dissertations, but also um, just like helping them with like coming up with research questions and all kinds of different levels of support um, through their grad programs. Well, I wanted to go into that a little bit because you were going to tell us your bad date story today. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that it kind of seemed like it was a little bit relevant to your work and like someone trying to like get in on that. And so, yeah, just, just go ahead and, and lay it on. Yeah. So my bad date story isn't like really a date at all. Like it, it started and stopped in the DMs. So, you know, I still think pretty appropriate, but uh, so basically it starts with me, uh, you know, like maybe what, six months deep into like the pandemic. And I'm like, all right, how do I best use my time? Let's download the apps again and give that a try. Um, and I had also like just moved to Erie. So I'm like, cool, new like dating scene to navigate. And so, um, you know, I had done like Hinge, Tender, all of those. But then I was like, you know, I'm just really in a space where I'm like trying to become more you know, of an adult in terms of like looking for something a little bit more solid and a little bit more, um, you know, something that has the, um, I guess like guise of commitment. Uh, and so match for whatever reason, match.com crossed my mind. Um, so I looked at match and, um, it really is like, that's the perfect way to describe the people on match.com is like this guys of like, everyone <laughs> thinks that they're looking for commitment and everyone like has these really lovely stories of how they're just like ready to settle down and like ready to commit and ready for love. And so it looks really cool. But then like, you start talking to people and you're like, oh, this is the same thing, just packaged differently. Awesome. And also like in a little bit of an older age range too. Mm -hmm. um, and so like that was the thing is, so I like matched with this guy and we were talking um, for literally maybe like 20 minutes and he's like hey like can I take you out um and I was like uh maybe like eventually but uh I know nothing about you um so like let's just keep talking and you know also still we're in a pandemic and I you know I'm not just gonna you have to be selective in who you like give that time and energy to and so um I was like, yeah, maybe like, let's just keep talking and kind of see where things go. And he's like, okay, cool. Uh, and so we talked for a little bit and you know, the 20 minutes of conversation, like back and forth that we were having just like also wasn't great. Like it was super basic, like, oh, I, I do this for a living. I do this. And you know, just like really surface level stuff. And, um, so like we talked for maybe another 10 minutes, um, and then all of a sudden he, I think had like blocked me or deleted me. I was like, all right, cool. Like, that's fine. Like this, I don't think we were going to end up like meeting in person anyway. Um, and so, you know, I go on about my life, uh, not even 24 hours later, I get a message on, um, Facebook from this guy. Um, and we didn't have any like mutual friends. I had never seen this guy. Uh, he worked as a medical doctor here in, um, Erie. And so I just like, I haven't had a medical doctor here in my hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, since I was literally like 17, 18 years old. So I was like, I have no connections to this guy, but all of a sudden he like messaged me on messages me on Facebook. And so I open it and he's like, um, like, hey, I saw that you have a dissertation editing business. Um, you know, I have a lot of I have a lot of experience as a medical researcher and writer. Like, if there's any way I can help, let me know. Um, you know, if you're looking for any um, like additional writers, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to support. And so, my initial instinct was like, okay, like fuck off. But like my 
second instinct was like, all right, we're just going to like delete this and ignore it because like, you know, that like it's beyond ridiculous for him to think that yeah. that was okay to do. Yeah. Um, but then I was also like, it, I took maybe like 20 minutes or so to like sit and think about it. And I was like, no, like how dare he mm-hmm. try to like reach out to me for a job. And, you know, he just blocked me. And so like when he, um, we were like in the middle of conversation on match, it wasn't even like, you know, the, the conversation had like lagged or died off or whatever. Um, it was like, just literally he, his profile was gone. And so, um, you know, what I ended up saying was I was like, hello, like, I find it odd that you would think it would be appropriate to delete me or block me on this dating app after I refuse to go out with you uh, immediately. And then you would proceed to find me on Facebook and send me a message asking me to hire you. Um, And I said something like, I would just appreciate it if you would no longer contact me, like just sit with that information. Um, (laughs) And he said, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to be creepy. Uh, I'll leave you alone for now. And then he blocked me on Facebook. And I was just like, this is like, I was, I was so dumbfounded. Like it was the most ridiculous thing I think I'd ever experienced, you know, because you have like bad, uh, like exchanges with people on dating apps. Like, most of it is like just inappropriate or some people are just awkward and like conversation dies off. But for someone to like block you on a dating app that you found them on, but then find you on an app that is more, much more personal. Like he had to have looked up my name and like, you know, found me that way. So it was just like, what even, what even is this exchange? Yeah. Did he not even mention when he like reached out to you? Like, Oh, Hey, like it's me from match or whatever. Like no, he just, no. That's so no, literally, I, I can read you verbatim what he said. He said, hi, I saw that you have a dissertation consulting company. Are you looking for help? I'm a PhD, PhD with significant experience as a medical writer. And I'm like, how, like how, in what way do you think I would completely forget that less than 24 hours ago, we were like communicating in another space. And then yeah. like all of a sudden I would be like, oh, actually I am looking for a medical writer to like and hire I, for my work. Had you told him about your company? Like when you were no, on match? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think, and it's actually, okay. So it's not even on my profile file like as you know a thing that I do but I think I do have a public uh post when I so like when I announced on um Facebook that I opened or started this Mm -hmm. business I think I made a post that was public um because my profile is pretty like locked down for people that I'm not friends with um so he had to have like searched for my name, found my profile, looked through like my history for when I like made this post and this announcement for some reason thought that it would you know, be a good job for him and then reached out to me about it. So just like several levels of like audacity and like ridiculousness. And I like yeah. how his solution is blocking on everything. Like, <laughs> like for everything. I know how I'm going to solve this and it's I'm going to block her. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> you know, it's just like so inappropriate. It's also not like you, like you literally just started this business and he's like trying to apply for a job that is not even posted. Like, I just, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, sir, 
you are like you are literally a medical doctor like you're good like let me have this like thing that I'm doing in this space that has nothing to do with you like yeah exactly well I think it's like a just a good lesson of like I think that like men just do weird things sometimes and like girls spend a lot of time like trying to overanalyze it Mm -hmm. but that's just odd behavior that she doesn't even like deserve a second thought and I love that like that's how you responded to him Absolutely. But like the thing that I, that it made me realize, like, you know, because like I said, I was just like, um, you know, I was floored and it took me a second to really like think about what it meant for me. But I was like, he's, he like to say, oh, I didn't mean to be creepy is like you, first of all, recognizing that you are creepy. Um, Mm -hmm. But secondly, it's you like trying to like weaponize my emotions against me. And it's trying to make me feel like I'm in the wrong for calling you out on your shit when, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to be called out. Um, And like I said, my first instinct was just to like ignore it because I think, you know, as women on these like dating apps, especially well in dating in general I feel like we are just conditioned to like take the safer way which is like to disengage and to like protect ourselves in that way of like you know not not being combative or not being confrontational but you know we can't look at sticking up for ourselves as being confrontational like Mm -hmm. we have to let them know that like this isn't appropriate behavior and you have to like own that right? Because it's like, it's his stuff to like work through. It's not mine. I don't need to like move forward and feel bad about calling you out. You need to like think about what you did and think about your behavior before you like, you know, and sit with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because I know you said you do work with black women and sexual assault. And Mm -hmm. I feel like those themes are ever present when you're looking into that too, right? Absolutely. Like, you know, especially when it comes to like, you know, so there's like the sort of spectrum in this sort of continuum of what sexual violence looks like. You know, we think about sexual violence as like one particular thing, which is like this, you know, the most severe and, um, you know, intense, but like, there's again, the spectrum and this continuum of it. Um, So I think we as women, uh, you know, or like feminine presenting people, like we experience sexual violence in so many ways on a regular basis um it's just been normalized for a lot of us yeah um and so you know when we're like going about life we we see these things and we're like oh this is just like normal behavior or regular behavior that we have to navigate but it really is like yeah like you have to like recognize it for what it is and and you have to um you know figure out ways to to navigate it and a lot of it is like I, I talked to uh, a couple of my friends about it uh, the next day and like, they didn't quite get like the emotional side of it, you know, because it was like, it was kind of like, Oh, like she's just being a little bit dramatic about it. And, and maybe I am ultra sensitive because of like the work that I do, but in the research that I've done, but I think it is like, you know, thinking about like this sort of spectrum of like bad behavior that we, um, as like feminine presenting women or feminine presenting people are are forced to deal with on a regular basis. It's not normal. And we need to like, we need to, to own that. And we need to like think about and feel empowered to respond back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like a snowball effect. I think like it's, mm-hmm. as soon as you don't start calling out one thing, then like more envelopes and envelopes and envelopes. And that's what turns in. Like, I think that we as women need to be better off, like cutting things off when the behavior starts to become negative, like right away so that there isn't that snowball effect. So yeah. I think it's really important what you said about just like, you see bad behavior, you call it out because I think we as women are so conditioned to like continue to tolerate things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know. Um, you're, you're going to be speaking with um, people who have had to sort of navigate these bad dates in person. And that's a very real thing too, because we yeah. have the, we sort of have a, a privilege in a sense when we're navigating this conversation just through a, a social media or just through a dating app. You know, we have that additional level of protection that you don't necessarily get when you're yeah. in person. You know, we, there's plenty of stories. And Chloe, I don't know if you remember, but like when we were in grad school, there was a woman, at least one, I know there was a short period of time in which two women were killed for um, saying no to like some dude who was trying to talk to them on the street. And like, you know, so our, our actual lives are at risk when we're calling out this poor behavior in um, person or just ignoring it. Right. Because like dudes, egos are, you know, bruised when we just ignore them too. So you know, it's this very real thing of, you know, feeling empowered and taking those moments to to reclaim that power in ways that we can and navigating that in like the dating apps is like a very accessible, very not, I don't want to say easy, but it's a, it's a very real um, and accessible way for us to like put that into practice of just saying no and calling people out on their crap when they're like doing stuff that's just not yeah. appropriate. Yeah, for sure. No, I love this message because I've been talking to Lauren about this lately. Like, I think it's just like these little subtleties that like kind of add up. And honestly, sometimes like I'll talk to like my male friends that are like, you know, good guys or like, you know, and consider they are, you know, for the most part and consider Mm -hmm. themselves to be, but they'll just say things and they'll word things to me. And I'm like, you've really gone your whole life thinking it's okay to like say these things. Like they don't even realize like that Mm -hmm. it is like disrespectful or it's like kind of like a little jab at you. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like, you know, not calling that out like leads to like them just thinking it's okay to go through life like that and talk to women like that. And it's not. And like for someone to say, I don't know, you said something like people kind of didn't understand like the emotion behind your response to him, but I've been there on a dating app where I'm just so fed up with like five different guys have like done something shitty to me. And then like this, six guy like really gets it yeah. and like looking from like the outside view he didn't really do that much but at mm-hmm. the same time I'm just like so sick of it like all accumulates so if you don't yeah. like speak up whenever it's happening that's gonna happen and you're gonna like have this outburst when you should just like calmly be telling them every single time hey that's not cool like absolutely yeah. absolutely and it's kind of like a I don't know it's a double-edged sword in a way, right? Because you also want to protect your energy and you want to protect your heart and like what you emotionally invest in. So you like, like you said, you don't want to like let it build up to the point where you are like so emotional about it and you just like rage out at this, you know, one person who may have just like, you know, sent you the wrong type of emoji and you're like, ah, like, fuck you. (laughs) But you also like, you know, to, to call that out every single time can be exhausting because there are lots of people who are in the, the DMs who are creeps and like, they just, they lead with that. So, you know, to, to call that out every single time is also, you know, a lot of emotional investment in that. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, how do you, how do you manage it? But I think, you know, like I said, for me, it, it comes back to this sense of like, 
I, I'm very quick to block people, you know, so I'll block you like immediately if I feel like it's going in, a, in an inappropriate place or, you know, it, it hasn't quite gotten there. And, you know, like dudes sometimes and women too, because like, so I, I identify as queer, so I date women as well. Um, but like, there's lots of people who are just inappropriate in terms of how they like handle these dating situations. But, um, you know, I don't know where I was going with that story, but uh, it's just, yeah, I feel like I, you just have to like pick and choose, but also for me, it's really a practice and it's a practice that I'm like, I'm doing this for myself to, to know that like, I can stand up for myself in these ways and like, it's okay for me to stand up for myself in these ways, but also like these people need to know that you can't approach dating in this way of like, just being however you want to be to people like these are real people on the other end of these apps that you're engaging with who yeah. you know have to sit with the stuff that you're saying to them yeah no totally yeah you know me I mean in Pittsburgh I was like always on the dating apps but like I've taken a break recently because I was finding like even if I like it's I was on hinge if I liked a guy and he let me start the conversation I was like mm -hmm. fuck that I'm not doing that I already liked you and I was like okay cool. it's time to take a break if like <laughs> literally everything's in you know like okay like I, I like that's where I did really need to like protect my energy because I was just like having bad experience after bad experience and that can just really take a toll on you and like yeah. well-being absolutely yeah. so this NPR article has like really stuck with me that I listened to a few years ago and it talks about sort of like the immediacy of um dating apps and how that's really sort of warped our perceptions and so we don't like look at talking to someone as an investment of time in like getting to know that person in any real like meaningful sense like if the connection isn't instantly there or if they're like you know if they approach the like initial contact of like oh you let me as the woman like <laughs> make the first move like <laughs> on to the next one you know like so we like go through these moments where we're like okay like this person clearly isn't it because like they don't hold and we make assumptions on their value set from these like immediate moments and these like really small um instances with them so that's just sort of like the the age of dating that we're in right now so like I don't know it's it's I, again I think it's really important to get into that practice as we're like navigating the apps of like you know taking ownership and like really feeling like we are in control as women um in how we're we're managing that space because I feel like oftentimes it's like the default of like men are like the leaders and they're leading how that engagement is going but like you know again this is like a safe way for women to to take the lead in in what those engagements look like yeah for yeah. sure I mean I know that's why a lot of people like bumble it's just not for me <laughs> like, yeah I don't like it either I, I <laughs> also like ooh, I don't want to actually message you first so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I learned I get annoyed because then I like will put an effort on Bumble and I'll like really point out something in their profile. Uh -huh. and then, yeah, like, I like make off of one assumption. Maybe they had a busy day and couldn't respond. I'm like, that mm -hmm. person's a piece of trash. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dating apps are I don't just know. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it is like even even in doing that as like irrational as it may seem, I think it is like that's still reclaiming our power as women. And I'm always I'm always supportive of that. Yes, because yes. we're still navigating like 
the dick pics and like the inappropriate like messages anyway so yeah exactly yeah like we said it just all piles up but Mm -hmm. this has been an awesome conversation thank you for coming on and tell me where they can find you and learn more about your business so uh my business is called lbt dissertation coaching and editing um so it's lbtcoaching.com um you can also find me on instagram at leatra l-e-a-t-r-a period b-r-e-n-e-l-l awesome well thank you so much for coming on this is great thanks for having me and let me tell this crazy story All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to all the bad date stories. They were really fun to recap. And thank you for listening to season one. Continue to subscribe, continue to rate, um, continue to write us your letters, and we will talk to you in a little bit. It's going down in the DMs. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.